Hello, Pritishwati. I'm Jazz Glati, and welcome back to your favorite dental podcast. In this episode, you will learn how to prescribe three really simple, really easy, but super effective exercises to all your TMD patients. The thing I discussed with TMD physio Krina Panchal today is that as dentists, we don't really get taught exercises that well. What are the indications? How to do it? How many seconds to hold it for? Because usually we ourselves learn it from Googling, finding a PDF, and following the images, and just giving the patient the leaflet or the brochure sure and so that yeah just just do these exercises you'll be fine but from this episode we're gonna make it super clear super tangible so you can start implementing this right away before we join Krina some important announcements that by the time you're listening to this if you're one of my listeners who listens on the day the podcast comes out my super fans but the the real Patrice Rati thank you so much there are just two days left to join Splint Course Online if you want to learn how to manage bruxism and TMD in practice now the exciting announcement I have to add to that is that by the end of next week the Splint Course will be available as a podcast. So it's for it's designed for the busy people who are commuting who don't have time to watch the videos just yet. Therefore, even when you're commuting, like you listen to this podcast, I'm going to let you consume the course entire 13 plus hours as a podcast. And then all you have to do is refer back to the ebook and refer back to the videos for the little clinical bits here and there. But you'll absorb so much more just from driving and listening. So if that's been, if you're on the fence about it because you're, you're going to struggle to find the time, but you always find time to listen to podcasts, then this is done for you so that you can access that information and then you can drastically reduce the screen time you need to be able to get the knowledge that you need to start making splints on Monday morning. Now, some of you email me saying, Jazz, when are you going to bring the Splint course as a live course because the online course really isn't for me. Well, good news and bad news, okay? Good news is that the live day is coming, okay? So me and Krina and a maxillofacial surgeon, we're going to do a live day. We'll talk more about that uh, later in the, at the, towards the end of the episode uh, about what we're going to do, what we're going to teach you. But the prerequisite is that you need to be a Splint course delegate alumni because if we did cover all the theory and the hands-on that we want to as part of the splint course and I wanted you to really walk away with all the confidence that I know my delegates can get that it would be a three-day course that's three days of loss of earnings accommodation etc therefore I only want to do a one-day hands-on with a physio myself and a maxillofacial surgeon uh, to supplement the theory. Uh, it will be a little bit of a refresher as well. And there's a beauty about live courses that sometimes, you, you, you know, you really grasp concepts well when you're there palpating the origin of the master where you were perhaps palpating in the wrong place all that time. So there's so much to be gained from a, a supplement. But unless I did it into a whole three to four day course, it, it, you know, it's unrealistic to, to make it happen. So it's a supplement only available to those splint course delegates. It's just 200 pounds. Obviously, it's in the UK. So I apologize to all my international delegates. But that's another Another reason why the main course is still the online course. The most exotic delegate we've had so far uh, in this cohort of Splint course is from Ghana. So thank you, the dentist from Ghana joining us from Africa. I think you're the third African dentist to join us in Splint course. It's great to have you. So because the Splint course is international, it needs to be online. And uh, I'm so proud of it. In fact, have a listen to the way that one of my delegates, Marwa, was able to apply the Splint course. It's going to blow your mind, okay? Listen to how she was able to apply it. Yeah, it's going really well. So I work um, half my week, I'm an associate just in general practice and half the week I work in MaxFax. So I'm actually applying your, what you've taught me in MaxFax a lot. Amazing. Oh, MaxFax needs people who can, uh, who, who, who can need it. Uh, really think outside the soft splint. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like very, very guilty of just giving soft splints to everybody. And like, I used to have a sense of dread because like, 
no one wants to see these TMD patients. They get given to the most junior person on clinic, which was me for a very long time. I used to dread it if the dentist had already tried a soft splint. Because I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? I can't, I can't have no weapon anymore. I know. And I'd be panicking and then be like, okay, conservative by heat, you know, uh, non-steroidals and just, you know, see you in six months, knowing they'll never be seen again, unfortunately, or not for at least two years, just because of the backlog and the terrible system that we work in. Um, so now I've like, yeah, got my own little clinic going and people are referring to me within the hospital because I've been making I'm so things. happy for you amazing yeah, oh and, really, and, and really what good. kind of uh, so have you found any failures yet have you learned from any of these failures yet uh, in terms of uh, diagnosis and stuff uh, I think you weren't here earlier but what we were talking about the, the new form the TMD evaluation form uh, yeah. and one thing that uh, I hadn't really mentioned much on the course because not so common is people with um uh, masseter atrophy so not hypertrophy atrophy and the, the mistake i used to make in the past is okay this patient grinds uh, let me try an amsa see if it helps and these patients wouldn't respond respond because obviously the whole point of amsa is to dial down the muscles but the with atrophy you actually want to dial them up and i've learned a few things over time so i'm going to make some uh, bonus uh, modules for you but have you had uh, what kind of um, success failures have you had so far um so i mean i guess last week i just i had a, a, a fantastic success of a lady that had been around everywhere she um actually had ortho thinking it would solve her problem um it didn't um and she was just fed up and she'd been to see private specialists i think I'm trying to remember had she had botox or not i think she potentially had tried botox once but yeah hadn't reacted well to it didn't didn't, didn't benefit her um and she was wearing like upper and lower essex and i, I basically just just converted one of them into an, an AMSA, an Essex with a, with a discluding element of a B-spin, sorry. And uh, yeah, she literally came back three weeks later and was like, my pain has gone. And she was she was just incredibly grateful. And yeah, she'd been around everywhere. So that was probably my biggest success because it's one of those that literally has been to everyone, has been to the orthodontist, has been to see other specialists, has been to see other consultants, has had Botox, I think, privately, and then came to little old me, thanks to the splint course and thanks to everything you've done. Oh, well done. No, so no, this I is all you. That, that was... it's, all, it's all implementation. Honestly, it's all, I'm so, so, so happy to hear that, Marble. Well yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get really the other good. the other team members on board and the consultants. And I, the consultants, uh, when I presented this idea to them, because obviously they're very old school, very much soft splint for everyone. And then when I said to them, you know, I'm learning about this, can I do this? I got uh, two out of four of them on board, then another one came on board and now he's referring his patients to me. So they, they've got no interest in it. So, but I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've got access to kind of MRIs. I found a physiotherapist via ACP, TMD, as you recommended, who I can refer patients to on the NHS that's not too far from where I work. So I've been working with, with her as well. The protrusive dental pearl I have for you today is a composite one. I know you're thinking, what are you doing, Jazz? You're mixing TMD and composites, but hey guys, we're general dentists, right? We love this. We live and breathe this stuff. So my tip for you is this. Let's say you're doing a class for restoration and composite, uh, and you're gonna be managing the interproximal area. Now there's so many different ways to manage it. Now, if you're gonna be using the immediate way of managing, so it's immediate and, and delayed. And this is what um, Dipesh Palmer teaches on the mini smile maker of course there's the immediate is okay when you've built your palatal wall you are now immediately going to manage the interproximal area the delayed would be you build the palatal wall uh, and then you start doing your veneering and whatnot and then you right at the end you will manage the interproximal area however that may be to manage it immediately it usually will involve you using some form of an interproximal matrix for your class four so sometimes we like to use a posterior sectional matrix 
vertically, right? You put use a posterior like an SB100, for example, or a Tor VM, uh, and there are some bespoke ones out there for those indications anyway, but you put it in vertically instead of the, the horizontal way that you normally use it. And now you're gonna place your composite to create that contact area. Okay, contact, so it's not contact point, it's a contact area. Now, the main tip here is that I've been guilty in the past of just squirting with my capsule, the composite, into that interproximal area and then getting my burnisher or my brush and just sculpting it. But it's not the best way. The better way would be actually, and I used to be really against this because I thought, oh, you're contaminating the composite, but as long as you use a clean glove, it's okay. Uh, so I've been taught. So you would take the composite on your fingers first, your gloved fingers, and you will roll it into a sausage. You will then place that sausage into that interproximal area as part of this immediate technique. The, so the main tip here is how you handle the composite. And the reason that it's a good idea to handle it in that way is that you're kind of halfway there into getting the right shape for the interproximal. You want a nice curved area. So by putting something that's already pre-curved into a sausage in that area, it reduces the amount of work that you need to do with the instruments to get it to adapt neatly to the interproximal surface. So that's the main tip there. Use uh, the composite in between your glove finger, roll it as a sausage and put it there when you're doing an immediate technique for a class four. Anyway, let's join Karina and I'll check you out in the outro. Karina Panchal, welcome back to the Protrusion Podcast. How are you? Good, how are you? Amazing. Uh, I, I mean, I say amazing, but we're both parents. So we are exhausted. We are struggling. Your little one is having a, a fever. My little one is uh, with, with my parents because we're, we're afraid to send him to nursery in case he catches something before our holiday. So this is the sort of manic life that, that we live. Uh, but I'm so grateful that you carved time to speak again to the Petrusterati. So guys, if you haven't listened to episode 63, please go back and listen. Because in that episode, Karina, we discussed about the role that physiotherapists can have to help our TMD patients. What is it that you guys actually do? You mentioned a lot about research. The OPERA study, for example, you mentioned, we went in a lot of detail into that. But today we're gonna to go a little bit more about exercises, the three main exercises people can, dentists can listen to today and have more faith that they're educating their patients better. But before we get to that, for those who haven't yet listened to episode 63, just introduce yourself uh, and tell us about why you love what you do. So um, I'm a specialist TMD physiotherapist. Um, and I think I love working with TMD patients because they are so complex. No sort of rule or protocol fits all. There's a lot of investigative work. I have the um, luxury of time, uh, so I spend a lot of time with my patients, and therefore I'm able to do the investigation. So um, I just like how uh, tricky they are, to be honest, and how <laughs> many, so, so many different modalities need to come in for um, the treatment to work for a patient and how I'm able to work with so many different professionals and learn from them as well. So... So yeah, I, I really enjoy working with TMJ patients. Where, where do you work? So obviously uh, lots of dentists mess me all the time saying, okay, who do I refer to? And a lot of them have already listened to our episodes so they already know you and they refer to you and whatnot. But just give everyone a flavor of where you work uh, and then how potentially, if they're not in your locale, how they can get some help from a local physio maybe. Sure. So um, I work in Mayfair in central London and I also work in Gerard's Cross, um, just outside of London. I also do virtual appointments as well um, to help. I'm able to assess them and um, give them exercises or teach them how to manage their own condition. Um, otherwise, you can go on the acptmd.co.uk website 
under their menu, if you go on to find a practitioner, you'll be able to find a local physio who has training in TMD um, from the uh, physio hospitals in up north. And um, there, you so that can be your physio that you uh, refer to. And I would encourage you to get to know that person, maybe just have a quick phone call, see how they work, see how you can work together. So you're both on the same page um, and you'll get referrals both ways. That's so true. You you know, the physios that help these patients with musculoskeletal issues which in, involve TMD can then refer to you where appropriate for an occlusal appliance or further investigation or restorative work. So it definitely works two ways. And when I first found out about that uh, website some years ago, I was working in Oxford at the time and I found someone locally. We went out for coffee. I, you know, I, I met, it was a nice Greek man. Unfortunately, he went back because of the, con- uh, because of the uh, pandemic. But the, the message here is connect have a coffee, share the treatment principles, and then there's definitely a mutual sort of relationship you can have in terms of referrals and ultimately the patient's benefit. So uh, I I would definitely encourage everyone to do that. Now, Karina, you are going to talk about some exercises. And the reason I wanted to bring you on to talk about exercises because um, a, a bit like physios, who in their training, they don't get actually taught about uh, TMD, which was when you first told me that, that, that was fascinating. And you, you know, you've been around the world to learn from the best people, which is why I admire you so much and I refer my patients to you. Uh, but when it comes to TMD, we know that there's a mixed experience, even for dentists and, and, and the knowledge and information that we get at dental school. But exercises for sure were not very well taught. Uh, in fact, most dentists will learn exercises by Googling them, finding a PDF, and then reading that information and then conveying it to their patient in front of them. So can you talk about what are the maybe two or three main exercises that you prescribe to your patients? What is the indication, the benefit for them? Uh, and how can, and obviously lots of audio listeners here, but there's video as well. How can you sort of describe it to them so that we can get better results for our patients? Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We've worked so hard on this Protrusive team and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. Sure. So my when physios are assessing patients, you're checking for their movement, their strength, their coordination, and then how all of those three link to their function. Okay? So the initial, initial exercises that we give are quite simple because first we want to assess their irritability with the exercise. The last thing you want to do is give them something and then everything flares up. So your assessment is key in there. If they're already also 10 out of 10 pain on the slightest touch, then you you want to give really simple exercises initially. And it's important to give them something because they don't have confidence with on how to move how to chew, how to function at all. So we need to initiate that movement and therefore start with them feeling confident that they can use their jaw. It's not all of a sudden the disc's going to slip or they're going to lock. So the first exercise is my joint exercise. 
And this exercise is where, really simple, you can give it to everyone, even if there are 10 out of 10 acute flare up in their jaw joint and it's super painful, I can't do anything, they're talking with their lips, that sort of thing. They're already on soft food diet. This is the first exercise to start with. So this is where we are doing pure rotation of the um, condylar head. Now, even though it seems like such a simple movement, when you are only rotating the condylar head, you're, you are lubricating the uh, condylar head. And therefore, you're getting lots of blood flow into that area. One of the reasons why, whilst they've got pain there, but they will also have some inflammation there. And we need to be able to flush all of that out. So if they are not moving their jaw joint at all, specifically rotation, they are not getting fresh, fresh blood into that area and that pain will persist and increase. So it's really important that we initiate movement. I mean, that's a great thing. And, and also, I, I love this approach you're taking that, hey, everyone's suitable for this exercise because the classic mistake that a, a dentist might make, and I've made this mistake before, is you see those images on that PDF with the exercises and you just throw everything at that patient like a like a you know a sp a spray and pray kind of thing. So it's really good to start with this, uh, and it very much follows the paradigm of motion is lotion. Uh, because with with movement, we are the patients definitely worried to move it, but that is contributing to their problem. That is um, you know the muscles are designed to move. So when they're restricting their movement, that is not an optimal position biomechanically. So please tell us about this exercise. Yeah. So what you're basically going to do is you describe it like this. You put your, and if you do it with me, you'll then know exactly how to do it. So you put your index fingers on the lateral poles of your condyle. And what you're going to do is put your tongue onto the roof of your mouth. And that tongue, the tip of your tongue will not come away from the roof of your mouth at all. So we're going to open and close our mouth and we're going to do it six times. But we are not going to do snap, snap, snap like a crocodile. We are going to count to about four for opening and count to four for closing. And ideally, and I insist usually with patients that they do it in front of a mirror because they may have some deviations and they, they don't even know that they have it, okay? So this is also an exercise to help you initiate and be aware of what normal movement is, okay? So, um, so like I said, you do it for um, six times and you would do that then six times a day. Sure. And um, with the finger being at the lateral pulse, just, uh, just in front of the sort of ear, uh, the, the rationale for that is that you don't want to feel the condylar head because that's when it starts to translate. So that, that, that's something that you want to uh, tell your patient that, hey, if, you, if, you're, if you're feeling the bulge, you're, you're, you're opening too big, right? It's, so the tongue is one safety mechanism. The other one is for them to feel with their finger that, hey, they shouldn't really be able to feel the, the, the condyle come out. And um, with them looking in the mirror, what do you say to when they have a deviation? Do you tell them, look, don't worry about it just yet? Or do you actually tell them to try and, like some physios I've, I've spoken with, they actually get the patient to sort of resist against that deviation. Uh, where do you lie on that? I do give that exercise, but later. So if this okay. is my, this is my, just the first go-to, get them moving if they're scared. Um, and yeah, just basically, I would add the resistance in maybe next time I see them. If they come back saying pain has reduced, um, they feel more confident, they're not talking with just lips, then I would then start adding the resistance in after. But yeah, it's really important that they are aware of what alignment um, they are in. 
So this exercise indications any patient, especially in, in pain, acute pain, chronic pain, this is going to help all your patients, uh, which is great, and get some moving, fantastic. Uh, there's no obviously contraindications to this at the, at the very first sort of uh, beginning. Uh, that's a fairly easy one that we can all, all of us dentists, we can prescribe this but very much so. Uh, any more that you want to add to this one or can we move to another one now and maybe at a different level and a different approach? Uh, we can move to the next one. So the next one is uh, my go-to muscle exercise um, be because this exercise is a basically an isometric strengthening exercise. Um, uh, another name for it would be rhythmic stabilization as well. And the reason why I use this for my muscular patients is because um, they their muscles may be in a lot of spasm. So if you go on to do really aggressive strengthening-based exercises, it could flare them up again. So again, I'm assessing how irritable are they? Because, because you know you can do one thing for one patient and it works beautifully and you do the 10% of that thing for another and they're in 10 out of 10 pain. So it's really important to assess and you want, their, you want them to trust you. So the, I find that the first exercise and this one that I'm giving you, for 99% of my patients, there aren't any flare-ups, Okay. So with this exercise, because we're doing the isometric strengthening uh, with it, what it will do is it will decrease the pain um, at the muscle that we are trying to strengthen. It will increase the range of movement of that muscle, but it also increases the blood supply within that muscle. And therefore, we can flush out the lactic acid that's built up there, which is usually the reason why they are complaining of the tension, at least that they are feeling there. Okay. Um, but not only for muscular pain, but also if they're presenting with just clicks or and just pops. You know, if that is their only complaint, then this exercise is great for them too, because it stabilizes the joint. Because mm -hmm. when it comes to isometric strengthening, you are contracting the muscle whilst the joint is fixed. The joint is not moving. So that means that we can strengthen the muscles around that joint and that stabilizes um, the joint capsule more and makes the muscles stronger so that you're not clicking and popping constantly out of place. And therefore, it's really good for hypermobile patients as well, which are usually the clicking and pop type uh, patients because they over recruit their muscles in order to compensate for their increase in laxity of their ligaments. So remember, guys, it was hyper because um, H-Y-P-E-R. So whenever someone says hyper or hyper, people always, when they listen to it uh, at, at such quick speed, they sometimes miss it. So yeah, a hyper mobility. Uh, think of Ellis Danlos uh, as a as classic uh, or other variety of patients. These are the ones who often get quite a lot of open locks as well. Uh, and, and they are... Uh, pretty much statistically known to have more uh, disc um, uh, intracapsular issues. So uh, it's great that you mentioned that. But also on the theme of stabilizing, one of the tests that I like to do with my patients when I'm trying to figure out, is this a joint issue or a muscle issue is a stabilization test. So before you come on to the exercise, but let's take a step back in, in, in diagnosis, is I will um, hold and grasp their, their mandible so their teeth are together. They're pressing their teeth together. Uh, I'm 
keeping their mandible shut. So I'm behind them. I'm actually bracing their mandible up against the maxilla. So teeth are now in maximum intercostal position. And I'm getting the patient now to try and grind their teeth uh, and try and protrude their teeth. So all the muscles are firing, but I'm not allowing their jaw to move. And henceforth, the condyle is not moving. The muscles are firing. And therefore, if they have pain or any issues here, it's more indicative of a muscular issue than a joint issue because your condyle wasn't moving. Uh, so that's one thing there. So how are we going to use this principle here? in the form of exercise, uh, let's, let, please go ahead and describe it to us, Karina. Sure. So I'll explain it to you the way you would explain it to a patient. Okay. So what sure. you're going to do is get your thumb, place it on the bony part of your chin. You're going to oppose opening of your mouth. Okay. And the amount of resistance you're going to put into that opposing force is about 50%-ish of your maximum force. So it feels very light. You hold that for six seconds. Once those six seconds is over, you move over to one side of your chin, take your chin towards your finger, and then you oppose that movement again. Hold it for six seconds, and you move to the other side, and go over to the side again towards your finger, oppose that um, resistance, and again hold it for six seconds, and then you're back into the middle. Uh, just to make it really tangible, Karina, for, the, for those listening who are not getting the benefit of watching on, on YouTube because they're in, in car mode or they're chopping onions mode or whatever, uh, it is essentially when you get the patient to grind left and right, you're resisting that movement, basically. You're using the finger to stop them so they cannot grind in that direction. Yeah, so you're, you're basically resisting opening and both lateral excursive uh, movements, right? And you're holding each one for six seconds, um, then you would do that whole thing six times in one six sitting. Six times in one sitting, got it. And then you do that six times a day. Henceforth the name, six by six. Exactly. So this is also good for those patients who are constantly playing and see checking something or wants to see how, what, the, what their clicks like today or that. Tell them to stop doing all of those things and do this exercise instead. We, we had that patient recently on the, the Splint Core support group. Uh, you mentioned that exact thing that sometimes patients are keep testing about that click. And then uh, it was actually in the protrusive dental community, this one. And Lakshmi, uh, she was talking about the patient who on uh, opening was, uh, extreme opening was getting more pain and click. But I, I, I tend to think that, okay, that's more of an issue that there could be some hypermobility here. And it could be like an open lock as in the condyle could be coming beyond the eminence. So that patient just needs the advice to stop checking your click and stop opening so big because what part of the history was that when the patient yawns, that's when an issue when, when it's an issue. So if we don't go as far as that range of motion, it's going to improve and get better. And also by strengthening the muscles, you're you're improving the future prognosis of it. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, so this muscular exercise is a really good sort of go to. And to be honest, if it, if we're looking at just the first session, then I would give the first exercise, like I mentioned and or the muscle exercise that I've mentioned. And um, the reason why it's an or is because if I'm seeing that the patient is in acute pain, doesn't really want to do much, then we stick to the first exercise. If the patient is presenting with, oh, it's about, you know, five out of 10 pain, um, you know, in the background, then give them both. 
Amazing. Now, can I be really cheeky, Karina, and um, ask you for a third exercise? Uh, not, not that we're going to be replacing physios because you, you guys are so important uh, and we need to be working as a team. But I think when we are prescribing exercise, you want to have more confidence in that. And uh, I don't know, please tell me which exercise you were going to prescribe, but if it could be that the tongue scrape that we discussed at our recent uh, monthly grind, because I find that uh, the, one of the most common emergencies that we see at den as dentists is a, is a spasm of the lateral pterygoid in particular. And to stretch it, I think, will really help the dentists. Uh, is it okay if we go in that direction? But just out of curiosity, uh, was there a different exercise that you were considering? Yeah, I, I was toying between that one and doing trigger point release. So I didn't... I think I, trigger point release is a bit more advanced. So let's go for something that a dentist can, can apply really easily, advise their patients, and will help in a lot of uh, emergency uh, visits. So let's talk about the tongue scrape. Sure. So the tongue scrape exercise is purely for the lateral pterygoid. And the way that we... We are basically stretching the uh, lateral pterygoid. And because it's such a small muscle, it's, it's quite tricky to feel. So you may feel like I don't really know what I'm doing here. But maybe if you're in some pain, then you would be able to feel the stretch on your lateral pterygoid. If you don't have a tight lateral pterygoid, you may not feel anything at all. Um, so the way that you do it is, again, tip of your tongue. What you're going to do is take it all the way back um, towards your throat, as far back as you can whilst your mouth is closed, okay? So that's the first starting point. Then number two is what, you, what you're going to do is keep the tip of your tongue as further back as possible and then open, okay? And close, but again, it's not snap, snap, snap. You need to do it really slowly and um, hold it for four and then close for four. How much are we opening here? Until your... Um, tip of your tongue starts coming forward if it, start, it. if it starts coming a little bit forward then stop that opening okay so it's very small opening and closing because your tip of the tongue will probably start coming forward quite quickly it's um, definitely i mean this is definitely within the rotation uh, and it's not opening very much at all uh, and uh, the, the you know i've got a big slide so i've got a very large horizontal slide so i can feel my um I can feel myself becoming more and more class two, whereas with other people who don't have as big of a slide as I do, they will not feel their jaw moving so far posteriorly. But the, the whole point is that the, the lateral pterygoid is being stretched because, you know, and this often confuses people who aren't so uh, into their anatomy because the, the lateral pterygoid, uh, the inferior lateral pterygoid attaches to the, the condylar head and then and the, and the neck of it. So that brings the condyle forward, i.e. protrudes. So we're trying to do the opposite of contraction. We're trying to lengthen and stretch. Hence why the direction we're going is, is backwards, just to cement that in the, in the dentist's head. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so this will help um, reduce the spasm there. Um, this exercise, again, because you're doing it in rotation, so say if you are presented with that acute pain patient, they are locked, you've given them the rotation exercise already, this is a nice one to give alongside that because it will help relax that lateral pterygoid and therefore release the disc, hopefully, as well. What do you advise on, on pain? Because I often tell my patients that, okay, I, I, you know, no pain, no gain, so I'm, 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 I'm okay with you experiencing a little bit of discomfort. I usually say six out of 10, uh, but anything more than that, then maybe um, don't go as far back or ease into it. Any guidelines that you give your patients, I'd, I'd love to know. Sure. So I'll have two guidelines. Again, it's about go back to the acute pain, 10 out of 10 patients. Those ones, um, I don't want them to feel much pain at all. Um, 
because they're just they're going to flare up and they're going to catastrophize it potentially um so for those my guidelines is i don't want it to be uncomfortable uh, or painful at all for those who are the five out of tens muscular a little bit of click that sort of thing then yeah around five six out of ten pain is fine anything more than that then um you need to back off also i want their exercises to feel more stretchy uncomfortable rather than pain um mm. so so yeah i usually phrase it like that and say pain is bad at this stage um and it needs to be stretchy uncomfortable Great. I mean, I had a 19-year-old patient recently who presented with some posterior open bites uh, and, and uh, acute pain. Uh, and my diagnosis was, okay, there's a degree of lateral pterygoid spasm here. There's lots of, you know, malocclusion issues as well. I don't want to go into uh, spark that debate versus malocclusion and TMD, that kind of stuff. But essentially, I gave an aqualizer splint, which we've covered in the splint course. And also uh, in one of the monthly grinds, if, you, if you're a splint course delegate, you go in, you watch one of the monthly grinds. We talked about specifically the, this patient and lateral pterygoid spasm. And I basically made her a loom video of me showing the exercise. And I, and I showed it using, doing the tongue scrape as well as describing it with a tongue. I showed it with a... Um, uh, a ice cream stick, like, you know, a magnum wooden stick, and get them to sort of uh, grind back onto that using that stick. And that's a, a good thing to do as well and hold that position. Uh, and we were able to, within three weeks, uh, correct her pain by 80% and get her occlusion back to normal, thus confirming our diagnosis. Because sometimes... Our diagnosis is based on history and anatomy, and it's our best guess. Uh, and sometimes, you know, there could be something more intracapsular going on, which becomes more apparent because although you're doing all these muscle things uh, and then you're doing everything to remove everything out of the bucket. And now you're thinking, wait, wait, where did this bucket come from? So this is where we're going to head next, Krina. Tell us about your bucket analogy. You came on to one of our um, Splint Course Monthly Grind uh, support sessions recently, and everyone loved your, your bucket analogy. So as a final piece here, can you please tell everyone about... What is it? What would you refer? What, what do you mean by this bucket and how we can use that uh, to, to assist our patients? So as we all know, the first session with a TMD patient is tricky because there are so many things they are throwing at us. And we're trying to work out which which ones are the top three contributing factors, causing factors. And we're doing that through our medical examination, of course, but it's also important to listen to what the things that they are saying, because usually those are the things that are aggravating them, right? It's not just what they present with uh, clinically. So my bucket analogy is basically, I gather all this information and I'm looking at basically their sleep, their posture, their desk uh, space, their stressors, that person that's irritating them at work every single day. Um, they happen to have a child that doesn't sleep. So alongside the clinical assessment that I've made, and I'm thinking, well, this is the reason why, say they are clenching, say they are nail biting. I'll put that into my bucket. Then I'll put in all the things that I've just said, the sleep, the person that's irritating them, the child that's not sleeping, all that into the bucket and tell them that you've got all of these things are in your bucket and they are contributing to the symptoms that you have. Now, as physiotherapist or say as a dentist, I can give you this to help with this. But you still have so many more things in this bucket that we are still contributing. So what can you do? Or what can, who can we refer you to to help you with, with some of these things? And that way, it ends up being a 50-50 relationship where I will do what I can from a physiotherapy point of view. 
Now, what are you going to do to help yourself? Because this isn't something that's going to go away overnight or I do six sessions of physiotherapy and all of a sudden you're cured. Unless we take these things out of the bucket, we're not going to be able to manage this condition for the long term and it may come back again. So if we want to do manage it for the long term, then really let's work on maybe we need to add some CBT in. Maybe um, you need to share the sleeping with your partner when you've got a kid that doesn't sleep through the night. You know, all of these sort of things. Lots of conversations need to be had. So, um, so when I say it like that, I find that the patients understand that it's not just I grind my teeth and if I could just stop grinding my teeth, everything would get better. It's not as simple as that. That's why I, lo I love this analogy so much because it's, it's useful to us as dentists, but when we're communicating to our patients, there's not just an occlusal appliance that's going to help. There's so much more to it. I mean, all those things that you mentioned, it could even be cognitive behavioral therapy, as you said. So, so many different uh, facets to it, including physiotherapy, and therefore it gets the patient on board that, okay, although uh, me as a dentist, I'm giving you some education, some exercises to some degree, I'm giving you an appliance, this is, these are three of the 11 factors that we found in your bucket. So why don't we look at the, uh, the remaining eight things in your bucket and, and work with that? Uh, and the patients will be on board. And, um, you know, with conservative care and occlusal appliances, so many studies after studies after studies, and the range of success is from like 75 to 90%. It's around about 80% is the, is the, you know, the, to pull out the generic figure. But there's still those 20% of patients that will need more. They will need more. And then sometimes they get more and more complex. And then when chronic pain enters the situation, that just becomes a whole new level, wouldn't you say? Yeah, exactly. And it's also, it's, it's, taking away um, that blame factor as well, is that I got the splint or I did the physiotherapy and it hasn't worked. But if in the first session you've already explained the bucket, then they already are aware. They're the ones that have first come to you saying, okay, fine, I've had about three sessions. It's not working. Maybe it is the stress that you mentioned. Maybe I do need to go and have some CBT. And so that you don't need to then have that conversation. You're not going to get blamed. They're not angry or disappointed. They just know they need to move on to the next thing. And it's just more, it's, it's a nicer relationship to have with your patient rather than I've paid all this money and it hasn't worked. And then, and then you're stuck with what do you do next? You don't need to be stuck because you've got the bucket. Karina, I mean, that was absolutely brilliant. I know that dentists all over the world now will be able to help their TMD patients so much more. So thanks again for coming on, adding so much value. But I think very excited to announce that uh, we will be doing a live hands-on day for TMD. Uh, and this is something that I think is going to help a lot of people above and beyond the online course uh, because there's so much more you can gain from actually hands-on elements. So what kind of things uh, are we hoping to cover on our live hands-on day? So, of course, we'll do things like an anatomy, but I think it's really important that we actually get hands on. So there's one thing looking at a video of it, but there's one thing actually feeling what a tight muscle feels like, palpating a uh, lateral pole of a condyle when it's inflamed. Hopefully there's some P TMD patients there. They usually are. You find someone. Um, and also to help calibrate the muscles. Uh, we'll be looking at what a trigger point feels like. So I am happy to go around and show everyone where their trigger points are, what it feels like, how it refers and um, hopefully if we do it all together, everyone will be able to feel each other's trigger points as well as um, everyone can describe where their referral patterns are as well. 
I think the, the key word there for me is calibrate, you know, because um, to calibrate, okay, are we all doing the muscle exam correctly? Are we all putting the right amount of pressure? Uh, I get loads of dentists still ask me, can you just make it really clear about the leaf cage? So we're using leaf cages. Uh, I'll be making chair side splints on, we're going to make some on each other uh, and I'll show you how it's done. We'll pick someone, we'll, we'll go through the nuances of what the challenge is, why that patient or that dentist that's uh, attending will be suitable for a chair side appliance and why someone's malocclusion will be better with an indirect appliance. So we're going go over all that but just to to reiterate that actually this is not a replacement for the online course the online course is the the foundations uh, and that's why we're pricing it as, as very low it's just 200 pounds for to come along but you should have you should be a alumni of the splint course because we assume then you've already uh, taken some of that information on board you're already a little bit you know clued up about diagnosis and stuff so this is just to fill in the little cracks in the voids uh, and, and give you that sort of confidence that when you're clinically palpating your patients on Monday morning you're going to be better so the dates for that is going to be 8 of May and 19th of June uh, and I will email you probably in a couple of weeks to, to give the opportunity you're going to keep it, keep it quite small uh, group sizes so I'm sorry if anyone get, gets left behind but this is the, the sort of there'll be more opportunities in the future but it's about um, taking that one step further and adding a clinical day a hands-on day to what you've already developed through the splint course uh, so it'll be it'll be great to have you there we're also getting a maxillofacial surgeon to, 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 to come along to talk about okay at what point can we need or what, what time what point do we need to refer for surgery uh, and what is it that the surgeons actually do i mean i've got a really cool video on arthrocentesis i need to add on splint core still but to find out what does that actually mean what are the success rates so that's where the max fax uh, um, comes in uh, anything you want to add to that karina um no i think just expect it to be incredibly hands-on because like jazz said it's not about listening to the theory of it you would have already have done that it's going to be getting hands-on and being really confident with how to diagnose a patient and therefore knowing exactly what to then do when it comes to treatment as well, whether it's referring to a physio or whether it's the, which exercises are you going to give them? And I know we've already mentioned my uh, two, well, three go-to exercises, but those are the basics. There's a lot more to add to that. I will give, yes, I will give that rotation exercise, but there's a lot more that I tell the patient, a lot more exercises that I also give the patient, a lot of advice as well. So you will get all of that information if you attend this practical day. Amazing. And I'm going to put your website as always in the show notes. So those patients or those dentists who are looking to get an opinion from you uh, or refer a patient for your for virtual checkup or, the, or, or a real examination. Uh, amazing. We can get that that happen. So I'll put that on the show notes. Karina, thank you so much for, for coming on again and, and just blessing us with so much information. Uh, I'm so grateful to be a friend of yours and to, to have you in my circle. Thank you so much for, for, for adding so much value. Thank you. It's been a pleasure as always. There we have it, guys. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. If now is the time to add Splint Course to your list of courses that you've done uh, because you want to learn more about Bruxum, occlusal appliances, which splint, when, head on over to splintcourse.com. Hopefully, you'll make it in time for enrollment. If not, don't worry. There'll be uh, opportunities in the future. Uh, and for the, those who are already on Splint Course and you're waiting for the live dates and the, and the booking links and whatnot, don't worry. I'm going to email them to you soon. So again, thanks so much for joining me all the way to the end. Now, please do excuse me uh, if I am less responsive over the next week because I'm finally going on a family vacation. So 
three years later, obviously pandemic and whatnot, and my son has uh, never been on a long haul flight. Uh, and so we're so excited. Uh, I mean, last time I went to south of France, but I almost died. I had like some crazy thing in my um, in my throat and I had to like get this emergency flight back and almost lost my airway. And I, want, I don't want to go into that, but I'm, I'm hoping for no health mishaps on this holiday. And so it's our first proper holiday. We're going to Dubai. Uh, so if I'm a little less responsive, please forgive me. I have always tried to make sure there's an episode every week and there still will be. Even though I'm on holiday, there will still be an Ask Jazz episode coming soon. Uh, so I'm excited to share that one with you. Anyway, I'll catch you soon, guys. Thanks so much as always listening all the way to the end.